Aloha, welcome to the Art of Being podcast. I'm your host, Patty Hoyt. This podcast was created to listen and share transformative stories from beautiful beings whose lives have been affected by either mental or physical challenging circumstances, which they not only overcame it, they are actually thriving today. I went through my own mental and physical health journey, which I overcame after many years dealing with it. Today, I'm healed and have transformed my life around. That's one of many reasons I became a life coach. I'm very passionate about helping others on their journey. I hope after hearing these raw and inspiring stories from these beautiful and courageous beings, it will give hope to someone we're still going through their own mental or physical healing journey. We hope it will inspire and motivate people to keep going with their healing. I believe sharing is caring. Share this episode with someone who needs to hear. Enjoy and aloha. Hello, hello, aloha everybody. Welcome to the Art of Being podcast. I'm super happy to be here with uh, Samantha Kawa. I'm going to read her amazing, amazing story. Samantha is an author, a professional keynote speaker, a marriage coach for women, and licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a world-leading authority on creating healthy, healthy relationships and specializes in empowering women to have clarity, uh, confidence, and connection in their marriage so they can achieve even greater success. Samantha has worked with, guided, and successfully mentored over a thousand individuals and couples to transform their marriage and achieve their dreams. You know what has always intrigued me as soon as I met her? She uh, says that it only takes one person to transform your marriage. And I was like, what? We don't have to have a couple going to a therapist room to save a marriage? She said, no, it takes one person to transform your marriage. And she has learned this by saving her own marriage years ago. Samantha is on a mission to help save 10 million marriages by the 2032. Let's help her. She's the author of Creating Your Marriage Miracle, a new age guide to transforming your relationship. Look out for her book later uh, this year. She lives with her husband and three amazing daughters in Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome, Sam. And she is my coach, <laughs> my friend. I love her. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for doing this. I am so thrilled to be a part of this journey with you and for being your very first guest on the Art of Being podcast. I'm just so thrilled to be here and so thrilled to be doing this with you. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you for being my guest. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, because you're a relationship coach, you're a licensed therapist, and you have issues with your own marriage. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about how this all started and how you became a coach. I'm sure there's a connection over there. Yes, yes. Well, it, it all started, you know, my, my passion for helping to save 10 million marriages really started after, like you said, I went through that dark hour with my marriage, my own marriage, but even well before that. So as a little girl, before I was even one years old, my parents were divorced and my grandmother was divorced and 
they had a very bitter relationship after that. And my auntie was divorced. There were so many divorced families around me. And if they weren't divorced, it was in some ways not healthy. So I, I didn't have a really good role model of what a healthy relationship looked like. And at a young age, I don't exactly remember how old I was. I must have been like six or seven at the, at, at, you know, at the oldest when I decided I am never getting a divorce. I am never divorcing my husband. If I get married, he, it's going to be to the one and I'm never going to do that to my kids. And as much as I appreciate my parents for getting the divorce, because I didn't want to grow up in that toxicity for me, it was like, okay, but I want to do something different. I don't want that to be the reality for my children and my family. Right. And I was so adamant. And then of course, six years later uh, ago, not later, six years ago, I found myself on the brink of divorce. I found myself in that really dark hour where I was so, I was so torn up inside because I was like, here I am, that, that little girl that promised myself that I would never get a divorce and I cannot see any other way out right now. Like I couldn't see any other solution than to separate our marriage and to live separate lives. Like that's how bad it was. And I felt heartbroken. It was just beyond heartbroken that my dream was shattered. That was one of my earliest dreams. It was to have a family and be together forever, grow old with my husband. Like you, I didn't, I didn't fantasize about the wedding. I found, I was the little girl who fantasized about growing old with someone who had a family and and lived well into our years right so that that was a big deal for me and that's why it's so important for me to support others in their dreams for that as well yeah yeah I cannot imagine how you know we all think yeah we want to marry and be with that guy forever you know as a as a goal right not as a so rooted in like a dream childhood dream Mm -hmm. like I don't want to be that. And when you saw yourself get into the situation, I cannot even imagine how distraught you are. I mean, mentally, yeah. it really affected you. Yeah, it, it affected me mentally, emotionally, physically. And, you know, I think it, it, it's so appropriate to talk about here because our main focus is health and well-being. And it, I was diagnosed around that time, but at the same time, like everything crumbled for me at, at that time in my life. But one of the really big warning flashing signs from the divine was I got diagnosed with a heart condition called supraventricular tachycardia. Wow. And it basically is you, your heart growing extra electrically charged cells and when there's extra electrically charged cells in your heart that aren't supposed to be there your heart then kicks into this rapid heart rate some people experience it with irregular beating some people experience it with just very 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 quick heartbeat at resting so my heart rate at resting was over 100 beats per, per minute which was really high uh, that that's um, like you're running a marathon and are you know you're an athlete sprinting. That's what the heart rate <laughs> was at resting. So they thought Wait, you're sitting on the couch and you having this sitting on the couch. Going. Holy, it's, holy! It's, it's just beating a mile a minute. It feels like your heart is about to pop out of your chest. You can't breathe. Shortness of breath, and 
I got, I finally got diagnosed with this. Okay. So mind you, years back when I first got pregnant with my, my um, oldest daughter now, I did have some symptoms of it, but every time I went to the hospital or the doctors, they wrote it off as, oh, you're just dehydrated. Oh, you're just dehydrated. Mm. And finally we caught it on an EKG and what they told me when I, they, they set me up with a surgeon. I went into surgery. That surgeon says, oh, it's more complicated than I, I can handle. They pulled back out. I was breastfeeding my daughter at the youngest one at that time. And they said, oh, now you can't breastfeed for a week. I'm like, what? Are you serious? Like, you didn't tell me that. So the next surgery I went into with a different specialist, I said, no pain meds that are going to stop me from breastfeeding my daughter, which in retrospect was a bad idea. <laughs> I, you don't go under, this is a, this is a very awake surgery. You have to be awake the whole time you're on the operating table. Wow. And yeah. And I, I basically, they went in, it was an exploratory procedure. I had basically Tylenol <laughs> that uh, supported me in that while they went in through my jugular and through my, really my arteries to go in and cauterize each electrical cell that was excess of what my normal circuit was to be. And what they found was it was actually in the middle center chamber of my heart, which is a very unique and different place that it normally is, but it was all centered, of course, in the center chamber of my heart. And there were 52 places that they needed to cauterize and burn. Um, and it took eight hours for them to find all of those. And I was sitting on the operating table awake and it's like shock they're like shock her and then they're like okay did you see it did you see it <laughs> and, and then it was like oh no I didn't do it okay start again right and they did over and over and over and over and I believe I truly believe like that was just a physical manifestation of all the hurts I've taken on of all the all the anxiety and the stress and the, the pain and the suffering that I was taking on for my family, not just for me, but for the family. I was the golden child. I was, you know, just the one that everybody leaned on. And I was at my breaking point because my marriage was falling apart. I had three beautiful girls, but two of them I had 15 months apart. My youngest one was just um, months old. She wasn't even a year old old yet I believe when I had this procedure and it was just my life crumbling in front of me <laughs> wow wow so in the top of that you were you just had a baby that means your hormones are all crazy forget about yep. having a physical condition issue you know any mother out there they know after they have a baby their hormones are like whack and their emotions are all up and down Oh yeah. Just by but just by birthing <laughs> a baby and having all hormones crazy. Now you have that, yeah. and on top of this, going into this crazy surgery. Yes, it was. It, How did it, you and, manage your mental <laughs> state of mind? How? Well, I, I definitely went to therapy. I was always an advocate. One, you know, I was in grad school to become a marriage and family therapist. So I was always an advocate to go to therapy. Even as a therapist, I think all therapists should be in therapy if they're doing therapy. Um, and so that was very helpful. But 
what it did trigger for me um, in that moment or what I was able to acknowledge in that moment was that I didn't have a strong spiritual foundation. I didn't have a relationship with, I, I actually didn't like the word God. I didn't identify, I grew up Christian and I felt like there was something missing and I I don't know why I had so much anger towards God, but I did. And then I, I just, it, it helped me to embark on a spiritual journey that allowed me to find that my place, to find my understanding of the powers that be of the universe of the invisible, the, you know, the infinite powers around us. And it, it really was a gift because I needed to do soul searching in that moment. I needed to remind, I needed to figure out that there was something greater at work here, that, that this had a meaning, that this had a purpose. And this was simply just a nudge in the right direction, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, if I listened sooner, it wouldn't have been such a dramatic nudge, but <laughs> yes. it was the nudge I needed. It was the nudge that was necessary for me to get on the right path um, of growth and so yeah it it that really supported me by going on that spiritual journey learning about my own my own self but then also my connection to source my connection to my higher power and then how I lean into my gifts that I've been given in this lifetime and how I can share that but I can also help my daughters learn about their gifts as well so mm -hmm. it it that was really how I managed through that you know therapy the support of mentors in a, a very spiritual way I found a lot of um, guides and mm -hmm. I went on a spiritual internship there were many many people who advised me through this um, and I I realized that it wasn't the conventional route the advice from family and friends weren't quite what I needed mm -hmm. and it needed to come from a much deeper source. So that's really how I got through all of that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I like what you said that uh, there are nudges throughout our lives and a lot of us ignore those uh, nudges. Hey, pay attention to this, right? Little sign comes in our body that tells yeah. pay attention to something right? And then we ignore. And then another sign comes like, whoa, a bigger pain over here in your body. You're not paying attention what I'm <laughs> trying to tell no. you, you know, and I can uh, recognize that in my own journey, when I had very uh, physical issues and problems and went through so many doctors and exams and tried to figure out what was happening in my body. And I wasn't connecting to my mind, my spiritual side, my, you know, my mental state of mind, I was treating as something separately. Mm, yeah. And it, it's not separate. They're, it's a symptom, right? Yes. It's a symptom. Yes. Symptoms. And then until you pay attention and say, hey, there's something bigger here that we are trying to tell you to pay attention. Yeah. And if we ignore the signs keep going bigger and bigger, <laughs> like you go in a table to get open, <laughs> literally yes. going there yes. and open heart. It's amazing. So what is like some um, 
because that happens to me, not in the table, open heart, right? But I went through many, many years of dealing with my physical chronic pain issues and going to on and off to ERs and tons of specialty doctors and nobody would actually really pinpoint what it was mm-hmm. um, and suffering along the way. And that affected my mental uh, health for sure. And m- like you, I connected everything when I got in touch with my spiritual side. That's when I saw the whole connection with everything like, wow, why I was not shown this side 30 years ago, <laughs> right? <laughs> I couldn't have avoided so many, so much suffering for the past yeah. 30 years. So what is something that we can tell people to alert, to pay attention so they can like reduce their suffering <laughs> and get mm. to that healing journey a little bit quicker? What are some tips yeah. that you can give to people? Well, I, I'm... I love conversations, right? So many of my modalities, many of my techniques have to do with having a conversation. And it's not with other people, it's with the divine part of yourself, but also with your body. And so what, especially if there's a lot of symptoms coming through physically, I always have a conversation with that part of my body. And I ask it, what are you trying to tell me? What, how can I serve you? How can I love you? you know, what's, what's going on? What's wrong? And once I start having that dialogue with that part of my body, there's normally some kind of a download or drop in or insight, a thought, just simply a thought that comes through that of something I was holding back, I was resenting, I was, you know, feeling bitter about and I'm like, Oh, yeah, that thing. (laughs) Or I'm worried about money. Right? I'm worried about finances all of those things um, have physical symptoms attached to it. So one of my early mentors uh, was Louise Hay. So if if you guys, yeah, I I know we both love Louise Hay. So if those of you watching don't know who that is and you have physical symptoms, especially if you have diagnoses, right? Like if you have a medical diagnosis, she also speaks to those things as well. But that her reference book really helped me early on to start having a conversation with my body because she she would reference certain body parts and tell us, you know, what the possible meaning behind it is or the possible block. And I would start to just get curious, like, hmm, does that fit? Does that not? And so if you ask your body, you know, what's going on and you hear crickets, <laughs> I would encourage you to go in research some of these beautiful teachers, there's a lot of different um, teachers, even beyond Louise Hay, that can give us some insight, right? But those, that's some of my tips for for everyone on that. Well, you reminded me of how I started paying attention to my pain. I remember, I don't know what year was that, but it's one first, um, the New Earth, Eckhart Tolle book came on and Oprah picked up that book and did uh, her book club, right? And she did live with millions of people. And I started reading the book and I attended the classes, the book club. And that's when I started getting a little bit connected with my pain. That's when I saw that I I was identified with my pain. Mm. My pain wasn't just a circumstances. My pain, Mm. I was the pain. 
I was identified as that girl who couldn't walk more than a block. That girl that need love, love, love life, love enjoying life, but had some major physical limitation. I love to dance, but I needed to find out, oh, we are going out to dance, girls. How far are we going to park the car? Because I needed to find out what shoes I was going to put to allow me to be able to walk from the parking lot to the nightclub. Wow. Yeah. And people didn't know that. It defined you. Yes, it defined me. It was me. I was that girl that lived with chronic pain. And I hid from most of the people around me. People didn't know that I was going through that. Mm -hmm. I identified so much that I thought that's who I was. I'm going to live for the rest of my life with those limitations, chronic pains, and I just need to find a way to deal with it, to like make it a little lesser, you know, and make myself, allow myself to live life, right? And until the Ekratoli came and they would say, okay, pay attention to parts of your body, like stay with your body, see what they want to feel. What are you feeling in your body? And I said, I don't want to pay attention to the pain. I'm trying to ignore this pain, which is so excruciating pain. Are you crazy? <laughs> and now you want me to sit? Stay with the pain. <laughs> with the pain is like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. And when he said, no, pay, get, start picking a part of your body that is not in pain. And in my mind, it's like every single part of my body is in pain. He said, your nail in your finger, maybe is not in pain. Can you pay uh-huh. attention to that part? Yeah. So then my nervous system started coming down. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't have a pain in my nail. I can look at that. Nice. And that allowed like me that. to actually look into my body. Because once I picked that part that wasn't in pain, then it, I started to pay attention to the other parts of my body. It allowed me to look at parts of my body, which before I ignored it because mm-hmm. it was so painful emotionally, mentally, and physically. I didn't stop to think. And I got and that's to the so point, common, right? right? Yeah. Yes. And I got to the point that Louise Hay was introduced to me. And then that's when I remember saying, like, talk to the pain. I was like, yes. what are you talking about? Talking to the pain. <laughs> it was, that's how pain. I was. <laughs> I did not understand that. Like, what do you mean I'm going to talk to pain? Yes, talk to the pain. Talk to the part that is hurting. And ask, like, what are you trying to tell me? That's wrong. And yeah. until I allow myself that, I was still in pain. And when I start paying attention and honoring that part, yes, it was hurting, but I was honoring that part and loving that part. Leaning started, in. Yeah, yeah, leaning into that. And that's when things started transforming in my life. Yeah. Oh, and I, I love that. Happen. I, I love that so much. What came through for me just really quickly, because I'm, you know, someone who circles around relationships is that makes so much sense. Even, you know, when you're talking about, you know, focusing on your nail, your little nail that doesn't have any pain. I, I feel the exact same way about relationships. Mm. People, so, so many marriages, so many relationships, they're focusing on the problem. They're focusing on where things are going wrong. They're focusing on what's not going right. And I'm like, but what is going right? You married this person for a reason. Where was that passion? Where was that love? Where did that come from? Because 
I guarantee you wouldn't have married someone you hated before. Yes, <laughs> so that is so what, true. What is that? Where is that little baby pinky nail in your marriage? And I know that that still exists or you would have been divorced already, that right? So, so go mm-hmm. find that place of love, that place that is pain-free, that place that is still alive within the relationship, within the marriage and expand on that. So I, I love these teachings because they're so universal, right? It, you could be having physical pain. You could be having emotional pain. You could be having relationship pain. All of these things, it, it, the same thing applies. Like go look for the good, go look for the exception, right? Mm-hmm. And if you stay focused on that, you will find more exceptions. You will find more places that don't have pain in your body right? I'm imagining that that's what happened with you. You started to say, oh, okay, that, oh, oh, this little spot on my hand doesn't have any pain either. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You start seeing more things that it's working well. And then I like, I'm like, oh yeah, like my hand, oh, my elbow, oh, that doesn't have pain. So, and then I start loving back, you know, and seeing the parts and pay attention now to other parts that didn't have pain, which before I couldn't see. Before was, my whole body is in pain right and it wasn't true nope we were we we look at we look at every we have a tendency sometimes to look at everything as a whole right Mm -hmm. the whole marriage is broken the whole body is in pain and we realize that wait a minute there's parts of us there's parts of us that feel good there's parts of us that feel broken you know there's parts of our body that's in pain but there's other parts that aren't and when we start to look at that and pull everything apart into these pieces, we realize that, oh, there are, there can be good where there is not so good. There can be, you know, feeling of strength and vitality when there's also feeling of pain and suffering, right? Like it, it, both things can exist simultaneously in different parts of ourselves and parts of our experience. So I love that so much, Patty. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you know I'm going to challenge all our listeners to pay attention to the parts of your life that you think it's all bad and try to find something inside of that situation that is still good whatever it is whatever you're going through struggles that you're going through right now is there a part, little tiny little part in that circumstance that you can hold on and say that part is good still mm-hmm. and just pay attention to that. Just a little pause. Uh, Richard Rudd from GK, he says pause and the pause is like taking 30 seconds to focus on that one thing that is good and take deep breath and feel that goodness come into our mind and our heart. And I love to hear after somebody is going through this and practicing that, if they're going to find more good, more beauty inside of whatever circumstance they are going through right now. Yes, I love that challenge. I love it so much. Find the good, expand on it, focus on it, let it grow and nurture it, right? It's just like the little green growing plants the more love you give the more it will sprout and grow and expand so yes love that challenge patty yes awesome so sam how can people find you how like if they want to have a conversation with you how what is the best way to find you 
I think reaching out to me um, on, if you're seeing this on Facebook, then you can absolutely private message me, direct message me, and we can set up a consultation, conversation, connection call to see how I can support you moving to finding your next steps. That's really my goal is to help people to find their next steps. Um, and if they're listening to the podcast, where do they find you? Yeah, you can find me on The Gems. So T-H-E, the G-E-M-M-S dot com, thegems.com. And you can visit my website and all my contact information is there. Yes. Awesome. I will definitely put uh, that website on the show notes for sure. Uh, you can find you on Facebook and Instagram as well, right? Yes. Yep. Um, the website is probably the best one because it has all your contact. It does, yeah. On, on Facebook and uh, Instagram, it's The Gems Coaching. And of course, my personal is Samantha Ka'awa. So easy easy to find. Yay, <laughs> so do you have any message that you want to leave uh, our listeners, uh, with, listeners with? Yeah, I, I, you know, with the theme of today, I think it, I want to leave you with the message of you are your highest authority. You have all the answers within you. Your body is just a tool helping you to define and understand the journey that you're on. So listen carefully, listen with love. And, and I know that you have so much potential and purpose in this world and let that come through, let that shine through. That's my message. Yes, I love the message and message of hope. I love, 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 love. And that's our goal over here to give uh, hope to everybody that is going through any struggle right now that you can go through that. You can do it, you know. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, family. Uh, we are going to log off until next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Art of Being podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, send this episode to them. Until next time, aloha.